Hello and welcome to this first podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things for 2023. Happy New Year to all our listeners and we hope you had an enjoyable holiday season. The recent JP Morgan meeting dominates the menu this time and we take a look at the major trends and deals. Otherwise, we look at the impact of the US Inflation Reduction Act, the pricing of Alzheimer's drug Lakembi, and five blockbusters set to lose exclusivity this year. The annual JP Morgan Healthcare Conference reunited biopharma investors, executives and stakeholders in San Francisco for the first time in person since 2020. And while attendees embraced the face-to-face interactions, wariness of COVID-19, heavy downpours and investor sentiment all seemed to weigh on optimism over the course of the meeting. The general atmosphere in the Westin was subdued throughout the week, Jessica Merrill writes, with the hallways easier to pass through than prior years. The elimination of breakout rooms for Q&A sessions was both a rose and a thorn, eliminating the bottlenecks that have been a hallmark of the conference, but also limiting the spontaneity that frequently emerged in the more intimate setting. A series of deals in the opening days got JPM off to a solid start, with investors hopeful that the announcements could signal an uptick in business development and M&A in 2023. For example, AstraZeneca announced an agreement to buy Syncor Pharma for $1.3 billion up front, and Chiesi USA announced a deal to buy Amrit Pharma for $1.48 billion. Investors are eager to see M&A gain some momentum in 2023 after a relatively slow deal-making year in 2022, and as IPOs and access to venture funding have dried up. But investor sentiment remains hesitant across the sector, despite intriguing advancements in cell therapy, gene therapy and Alzheimer's disease, but reflecting political pressure on drug pricing and macroeconomic issues like inflation. Big pharma executives at the meeting were optimistic that access to cash and lower valuations for some biotechs could lead to business development opportunities. But the large-cap pharma manufacturers are also pressed to deliver the next big wave of growth drivers to the market ahead of a significant patent cliff in the middle and later part of the decade. PwC US Pharma and Life Science leader Glenn Hunzinger said the consulting firm has an optimistic outlook for M&A in 2023, driven by Big Pharma's need to refill pipelines and better alignment on valuations. He predicted a flurry of deals in the $5 to $15 billion range and a couple of bigger deals in the $20 to $40 billion range. The passage of the Inflation Reduction Act in the US last year, allowing the US government to negotiate drug prices under Medicare, added another undercurrent of pessimism throughout the meeting. So much remains uncertain about how the government will implement new drug pricing policies that industry executives were hesitant to provide many details about the potential impact of IRA. However, industry leaders from biotech to big pharma agreed that it's likely to have negative unintended consequences on innovation and R&D, particularly when it comes to the development of small molecules, which will face price negotiations nine years after launching more quickly than biologic drugs under the legislation. In a notebook roundup of day one at JPM, Scripps editors picked out several notable items. Johnson & Johnson's CEO, Joaquin Duato, took time from the firm's 9th January JPM presentation to clarify that the company wasn't interested in acquiring Horizon Therapeutics, even though J&J was named in a press release as one of several drug makers pursuing the company in December. 
Amgen ultimately sealed the deal to buy Horizon for $27.8 billion. Newly installed Biogen CEO Christopher Wiebacher, the former Sanofi CEO who left behind his more recent career in biopharma investing to take the helm at the trouble company, did not pull any punches about the challenges ahead during his fireside chat. Wiebacher noted that Biogen has been a very narrowly focused company on multiple sclerosis and very successful. But of course, that is now something we are calling basically a melting iceberg. It's not a patent cliff, but it's not got growth perspectives. And my job, as I see it, is to restore the company to sustainable growth. Merck & Co. CEO Rob Davis and President of Merck Research Laboratories, Dean Lee, made it clear during presentations that the big pharma is pushing business development. Davis said Merck is going to leverage its strong cash flow to build a pipeline internally and externally. The company spent $36.5 billion on business development during the last five years, including mergers and acquisitions as well as fees paid under licensing and collaboration agreements, with about 90 transactions per year. This has brought Merck 16 mid- to late-stage programmes, plus several earlier-stage programmes. That continues to be an important priority, Davis said. The Daily Notebook roundups for each day of JPM highlight collections of other notable developments at the meeting. As already noted, the US Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, is high up on industry's agenda this year. Merck & Co. CEO Rob Davis said the IRA's drug pricing policies are already affecting the company's R&D and business development decisions. He talked about grappling with the new US drug pricing policies, which will pave the way for Medicare drug price negotiations, while speaking at the Goldman Sachs Healthcare CEO's unscripted conference on 5th January. It's going to change how you think about strategically bringing assets forward, he said. Jessica Mell reports that Davis noted the IRA has already factored into one of Merck's business development decisions, pointing to the company's $1.35 billion acquisition of the haematology specialist Imago Biosciences announced in November. With the Imago deal we did recently, it factored into our thinking, Davis said. The fact that the lead asset, which is a potential first-in-class drug for myeloproliferative neoplasms, would qualify for a rare disease exception for Medicare drug price negotiations, was attractive, he explained. It was in our valuation. It was in our diligence, and it's how we thought about the strategy. So the IRA is affecting what we are doing today, Davis said. The biopharma industry has publicly criticised the new legislation, which it says will hurt R&D investment and could be particularly detrimental to cancer drug development if manufacturers hold off on launching new drugs in a small indication to pursue larger indications faster instead. US President Joe Biden signed the IRA into law in August, with the drug provisions forming part of a large legislative package. Many of the details on how to implement certain policies have not yet been outlined. The key area of concern for the pharma industry is a policy that would allow the government to negotiate drug prices for the drugs it spends the most on under Medicare Part D, beginning in 2026, and Medicare Part B in 2028. Azi and Biogen will launch their amyloid protofibril targeting antibody, Lakembi, which won accelerated US approval on 6th January 
for treatment of early Alzheimer's disease with a different approach to pricing than the partners used for their earlier anti-amyloid antibody, Aduhelm. The FDA cleared this a year and a half ago under the accelerated approval pathway, but it never gained traction with prescribers and payers. Mandy Daxon writes that Azi leads the commercialisation effort for Lakembi and will bring the drug to market with a strategy that seems to reflect lessons learned from the failed Aduhelm launch. And despite safety concerns, including amyloid-related imaging abnormalities, typically associated with amyloid clearing therapies, and three deaths among clinical trial participants receiving anticoagulants, the Kembe's label does not restrict use based on these issues. Adriham launched with a $56,000 per year list price in June 2021 in the US, but by December 2021, with continued commercial disappointment, Biogen halved the price to $28,200. Azai has set Lakembi's annual list price at $26,500 based on an average patient weighing 75 kilograms, less than half of Adrihelm's launch price. Biogen also issued a statement on 6th January, noting that Azai is solely responsible for setting Lakembi's price. The Centres for Medicare and Medicaid Services issued a national coverage determination in April 2022 that limited Medicare coverage of anti-amyloid antibodies that were granted accelerated approval to products administered in clinical trials. The NCD also affects the Kembi, but Azai said late on 6th January that it has now submitted its Supplemental Biologics Licence application to the FDA seeking to convert the accelerated approval into full traditional approval. Azai plans to work with CMS on coverage for its new product in parallel with the FDA's review of full approval for Lakembi, company's global Alzheimer's disease officer and US CEO Ivan Chung told Scrip. Azai considered two different concepts in setting the price for Lakembi, the societal value of medicine and the price of medicine which Chung described as related but different concepts. Azai's team originally looked at the expected product profile of Lakembi based on the Phase 2 study from both payer and societal perspectives, and, using a broad range of willingness-to-pay thresholds in the US, determined that pricing of up to $38,053 may be appropriate. The revised assessment incorporating the Clarity AD results estimated the quantified societal value of Lakembi to be 37600 But Chung noted that we take other factors into consideration. Patient affordability, health system sustainability, both long-term and near-term. Ultimately, we want to give back over half of the value to the American people, to the US society, he said. Finally, 2023 brings with it the start of the industry's next patent cliff, with five products that reached billions of sales at their peak set to lose US exclusivity during the year. Scripps' Aisha Sharma took a look into how the affected big pharma firms are preparing for anticipated market erosion and which generic and biosimilar companies are positioned to benefit the most. Kicking off the list is AbbVie, which has managed to stave off generic challenges to Humira, for some time in the US but can no longer avoid the biosimilars set to debut in that market this year. The drug had global net revenues of $15.66 billion in the first nine months of 2022, 
although ex-US sales were down by 21% as the effect of biosimilar competition elsewhere bit. Biosimilars were launched in Europe in 2019, although Europe was already a substantially smaller market compared with the US. While biosimilar versions have been approved for years, AbbVie has succeeded in delaying market entry. In the US, Amgen's Amgivita won approval in 2016 but cannot be launched until 31st of January this year under the terms of a 2017 global settlement. Amgivita will have six months to build market share before other rival biosimilars launch starting from July this year. Another immunology blockbuster, Johnson & Johnson's Stellara, is set to lose US exclusivity for its composition of matter patent in September. Launched in 2009 and currently marketed for indications including Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, the product attained global sales of $7.34 billion in the first nine months of 2022. Stellara biosimilars are already in the advanced stages of the regulatory process. In the ophthalmology space, Regeneron and Bayer's ILEA is set to lose US exclusivity for its first composition patent in June, although the same patent in Europe offers protection through to 2025. The wet age-related macular degeneration and diabetic macular edema drug rate in sales of $7.21 billion in the first nine months of 2022. Meanwhile, in the metabolic space, Nova Nordisk's composition patent for its type 2 diabetes product, Victoza, is set to lapse in both the US and Europe this year. The product has already faced market erosion, with sales in the first nine months of 2022 declining by around 20% to $1.27 billion. Through a combination of settlement agreements and a six-month paediatric extension for Victoza, the Danish major has succeeded in delaying genetic launches until 2024, when several major players, including Teva, Sandoz, Pfizer and Mylan, are set to release their copycats. Beatrice has also filed an application for its generic candidate. Another GLP-1 inhibitor losing exclusivity this year is Mokanko's type 2 diabetes drug Genuvia, as well as its metformin-combined version Janumet. The US major has successfully delayed the entrance of biosimilar competition for at least three more years. Last year, Merck revealed Genuvia's patent was set to expire in January 2023, but warned certain formulation patents could be upheld, preventing genetic manufacturers from making certain forms of citagliptin until 2027. The major has nabbed more than 20 settlement agreements with various companies to date, for the most part warding off genetic launches until May 2026. That's all for this time, many thanks for listening. And the usual reminder that all these stories are linked in the article accompanying this podcast, so log in to gain access or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.